thank you for those that have come and gathered with us today. We thank you for those that have lifted up hands and worshiped and blessed your name. We thank you, God, just for the opportunity to gather together. We ask that the word that is declared today will fall onto the good soil of our hearts and we will live thereby, that we will be like mighty oaks next to the water and that we will have great root. We thank you and honor you, God, for all these things and we bless you for it in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So we are now into our second episode of our series, We Are the Church. Last week we brought out the fact that the church is not a location. We are the church. So wherever we are, guess what? That's where the church is. And a lot of people don't really grab hold of that. They think you have to go to a specific location, but... It is wherever we are, that is where the church, again, is. And so with that being said, today we're going to talk about what we as a church should be doing. One of the things that we should be doing. And one of the purposes of the church and what it should be doing. We're going to be going to Hebrews, the 10th chapter, looking at the 19th through the 25th verses. One of the issues that we find ourselves in is that we would really love to be a Christian all by ourselves. If we could not have to worry about nobody else, depend on nobody else, I think a lot of us would say, yeah, I could, I could do that and be a Christian, but that's not how we function. If you remember last week, we came out of 1 Corinthians 12, and we were talking about we are this one body, but we are made up of all these many members, and because of that, we have different parts. But every part... It's equally important. There's no part that is greater than another. And so with that in mind, as we go into this next one, next phase, we have to look at the fact that it's very important that we come together. Hebrews, the 10th chapter, the ninth, starting at the 19th verse, I'm using the English Standard Version. It says, 19, Therefore, brothers... Since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, 20, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, 21. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, 22, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure, pure water. 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. 24. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. And 25. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near 
as you see the day drawing near. We, as again, as Americans, we have emphasized so much about individuality and you being all that you can be. That's the army slogan for y'all that was born during that time period. That's the days when they had muskets. Uh, being in this individual has always been the emphasis in the arm, I mean, in the United States. And we talk about you having a personal relationship with God. And so now it has been talked about you having this personal relationship and you being this individual and all this stuff has been talked about so much that we now believe that walking together as this body, being accountable, that all that is optional. You ain't got to do all that. It's all about me and my relationship with God. How many of us have talked, asked a person, you know, uh, would you like to go to church with me? I believe I can worship God on my own, in my own way. But see, that's contrary to what the Bible says. The Bible says that we should be coming together so that we can be encouraging each other, so that we can be uplifting each other, so that we can help each other along this way. We want to establish this intentional Christian community. It's part of us being healthy Christians. It's part of us being encouraging one to another. There's nothing in the Bible that says that being a Christian is being an individual or being in a life of solidarity. It's not how this thing functions. We're, there's a songwriter that says, uh, a song that says, I need you to survive. We need one another. We don't have it all together like we try to make folks think. We try to wrap it around and, and put a little bow on it and make it everybody think we got all together when all the time underneath we're going through and we just need somebody to help us. But we got to look strong. We got to be strong in our own mind because that's how it's supposed to be. But God is saying, no, that's not exactly how this thing's supposed to work out. The Hebrew writer is saying, all right, as you look at this, he says, you have this confidence because you now have Christ in your life. Because you have this confidence that you can actually go before God. And you can go boldly before him. And you can enter the place, the, the holiest of holy. Think about this. Back in before Jesus' day, when it, when it was the temple, when people went into the holiness, holy of holies, they would die if they weren't properly cleansed. But now, because of Jesus, we can walk into the holiest of holies. And what is this place, the holy of holies? It's the very presence of God, the creator of the universe. It's in his very presence. We can now go into his presence because of what Christ has done for us. 
They had this curtain that blocked the holiness, the holy of holies from everything else. But when the Bible says that when Jesus said it is finished, that that curtain was ripped from the top to the bottom so that now we can all have access because of what Jesus had done. Because of that, because when we go in before God's presence, what occurs is that God doesn't see us. He sees Jesus who has performed all the necessary requirements for us to go before the Father. So it's not about our individuality. It's not about us being or looking strong. It's all about us surrendering to Christ and allowing what he has done for us to open up the opportunity for us to stand boldly before the Father. We have discovered that the enemy loves for us to want to isolate ourselves. One of the problems that we can run ourselves into is the fact that when we think we can do it all on our own. I don't need nobody. I do it all by myself. And we get ourselves all wrapped around this and we think about But everybody needs somebody. That's the Blues Brothers song. But uh, we want to operate in this knowledge that although I can go before God as an individual, there is an effect that I have on those that are around me. It's, I'm not this island unto myself. I affect others that are around me. Have y'all ever seen, I love that TV channel, Animal Planet. I especially like the part on Animal Planet when they be showing the lions, the tigers, the cheetahs, and they be hunting. I like that part. Now, I know some of y'all going to be like, oh, uh, because they, 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 they do it so smoothly. And, you know, cheetah being the fastest land animal on the earth, they just, they just be going along, and then next thing you know, they knock them over. But did you always notice that everything that they go against is usually bigger than them? They go against, they'll go against them big old water buffaloes, and they just sit there and wait. And what they waiting on? They waiting on that one water buffalo that say, I just want to be this individual. I want to do it my way. I just don't want to do it like everybody else. They running, I ain't running, I'm just going to walk. And they cause this situation where the water buffalo is now isolated. And once that water buffalo get isolated, you see every lion all over. The, you didn't even know lions was in some spots. They start popping up and they start attacking. That's the same way that the devil does it. In fact, Peter says that the devil is just like a roaring lion, seeking whom he can devour. What you say? Just, he, the devil look, took the lion's technique. He just sits there and watches. Watches how you want to isolate. I don't need to go to church. They'll be all right. 
I can do this all by myself. And as you build up this and you start separating yourself from those that could, if you fall into trouble, come in and surround you and allow you to kind of get yourself together. If you, if you fail and you hurt yourself, they can come in and help you mend whatever's broken and help you to go on. But when you're all by yourself, you can't defend and help or repair at the same time. You got to do one or the other. And if you have more folks that are attacking you than that are present with you, then I think the attack is going to be greatly successful. So I was going to bring the video, you know, so we could see the lion chest down there. But then I might be a little bit too, yeah. So, so we see how the enemy's desire that... Now, Think about this. If the enemy wants us to be isolated, then isolation probably is not the best thing for us. Would you agree? So the reason we want to operate as the Hebrew writer says, where he says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. And let us, let us consider how we're going to do this. I can't do this if I'm not interacting with you. I can't interact. If I'm not interacting with you, how can I stir you up? How can I stir you up to love and to good works? Now, we're not necessarily talking about you doing good. We're talking about this love that is being shown to you causes you to have this environment or this desire to want to show love to other people, to show and reveal love to others. And then he goes on in that 25th verse, he says, not neglecting to meet together. Why is it important that we come together? It's important because we can stir up one another while we sit and we're talking we can talk about things that are going on in our lives and somebody can say, you know, I also went through that and God gave me victory. God showed me or God done it and it becomes an encouragement. So you no longer feel like you're all by yourself. You say, wait a minute, somebody else has gone through this and they've got the victory. They've got help. And then it creates this environment whereby you feel encouraged that you can do it. Have you ever had a situation where you thought that you weren't going to make it? That everything just was going to fall apart? And somebody came along and said, no, you can do it. And them just saying that little bit into your situation caused you to say, you know what? I can do it. If you never had it happen, you probably don't understand it, but I'm telling you, this is how this encouragement thing works. But you can't get encouraged if you don't have no interaction. If you don't have anybody that you're interacting with, you can't be encouraged. That's why the, 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 the writer says, do not neglect, do not Put it off. We now have we now come to the come to a time of day where they now have athletic events on Sunday. 
Now, I didn't live in the day where the, what they call Blue Sunday, where they didn't know nothing was open. You couldn't do nothing on Sundays except go to church and spend time with the family. We actually did live in an area that had what they call the Blue Laws, where everything was closed. You forgot, you forgot to get you some groceries? Guess what? You're going to have to go get groceries on Monday because everything was going to be closed. But now we have Sunday's just another day. Sunday's just a time where, you know, I can go do what I need to do. We now have athletic teams that actually have their competitions on Sunday morning. Now, I wouldn't have a problem with them having it on Sunday afternoon at the church service, but they want to have the kids come out at 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning so they can play soccer or football or do all this stuff. See, it, I got a problem with that. There should be this time where we're coming together with other believers. And usually when we have these situations, they want us to come and travel so far that we can't make it to the church service. But that we shouldn't neglect that. Us meeting with other believers should have a precedence in our lives. Listen, I'm not against little Johnny, little Susie participating in athletics. I'm not against them doing things, extracurricular things. I'm saying our priorities have to be correct. That it should not be okay, I'm not going to try to work this so that we can do both. I'm just going to go ahead and take care of my child. Now, don't misconstrue what I'm saying. I am all about you supporting your child or your uh, family member in their athletic or academic endeavors. I am all for that. I'm just saying do not allow it to overcome your ability to meet with other believers so that you can be encouraged, so that you can go ahead and fight this fight. Because the longer that we are not around other believers that are encouraging us, stirring us up to love and good works, the further we're falling behind the pack. And the devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. He's just waiting. He's just watching. He's watching you fall away. And he's watching you not being as diligent. He's watching you not taking time out to pray. He's watching you not reading. He's watching you not fellowshipping. And as it begins to become more and more a part or a habit of what you're doing, the next thing you know, you feel like you're all alone. But I want to tell you that all you got to do is just reorient and just come on back and fellowship. Don't let it become your habit that you neglect meeting together. Especially as you see how times are going, times are happening where things just ain't going well for us as a country, as a world. We seem to be falling more and more into emotional, mental, moral decay. And so we have to prepare ourselves. We have to make sure our next generation is prepared to fight this battle. Anybody here like going to movies? All right. Back in the day when I was growing up, 
they had what they call the drive-in theaters. Now, I know most of y'all ain't even heard of them. But the drive-in theater was, they had this big old screen on like this six or seven acres of land. It's a huge screen. And you drive up there in your car, and you would sit in your car, you had this little speaker box that you could put into your car so that you could have sound, and you could just sit in your car and watch the movie. I know y'all ain't, y'all, I know some of y'all ain't never did it, but it's just, you know what, you could fry you some chicken. You know what I'm saying? Had a good old fried chicken, sit in the car eating your fried chicken. Not fried chicken, okay, fried chicken. You just do the fried chicken, because that's what we did, fried chicken. And you'd have sitting there, and you would, I remember one time we went, and because it was going to be late, we actually got to wear our pajamas, because we had the pajamas with the foot in them, you know, the foot pajamas. So we would have had on our foot pajamas, and we sitting in there, and mom and dad was sitting in the front, we sitting in the back, we watching the movie. And we just go to sleep, get home, and next thing you know, somehow we get into the bed, you know. But it was just this process that we went to see the movies in the drive-in. But the thing is, when you went, there was really no interaction with anybody else that was there. Y'all were just all in the movies. Now, for some of us that go to the movie theater today, some people enjoy having all these other people around them cheering or crying or whatever, they, that's part of their enjoyment of the movie, having this emotional connection with those that are around them. It's the same thing with the church. We can't allow ourselves to get so isolated whereby we don't allow us to get attached to emotionally, spiritually to those that are around us so that we can encourage one another like we're locked into our own little car with our own little food, with our own little family. Oh, we're here, but we're not interacting. We want to be in that environment where we can all feel, where we can all talk, where we can all hear so that we have this encouragement, this stirring up, this provocation toward love for one another so that we can encourage one another. Which takes me to our sticky note for this week. Sticky note is the one point that I really want you to take away from the message today. And the sticky note, again, because I try to keep them as simple as possible, is pulled out of that 25th verse, and it says, the purpose of gathering is encouragement. 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 When we gather together, we should be coming together with the intention of encouraging one another. 
For instance, today, as before service started, we had opportunity to have some interaction. And this interaction was actually an opportunity of, because we have gathered together to be encouraging one to another. Now, some folks may be saying in the back of their mind right now, you wasn't encouraging. But no, I am provoking with love to you to have good works. That's why there's going to be some assistance in cooking today because there's a provocation. There is a, the, the purpose of this gathering was encouragement to cause us to operate in a stronger unity. And I'll let you know next week whether I get those pictures since it's all on video. But we want to have ensure that we understand that the purpose of this gathering is so that we leave encouraged, that we leave that understanding that we are the church. It's not this room that we're meeting in. It's not this location that we're meeting at. We are the church. We are the example that people see so that they know what the church is all about. So in order for us to do better, we encourage each other so that as we go out to deal with the negativity, we can show that greater is he that is within us than he that is in the world. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for your encouragement to gather and not to neglect gathering. That we will not make it a habit, but that we will seek an opportunity to come together in order to encourage one another in that Jesus has provided a way for us to boldly come before your presence. And that we may not isolate ourselves, but that we will gain greater uh, knowledge, greater ability in order to come and fellowship with other believers that we can encourage and strengthen one another to walk faithfully in your word. So we thank you and honor you, God, for your word today. We declare even now that it's on, fallen upon the good soil of our heart and it will gain great root and that you will be glorified in it all. We thank you and we honor you for it all. In your son Jesus' name we pray.